This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafumo. Mark Thompson. Get woke. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. It is appropriate that we begin with some of our young people. Are we, uh, y'all millennial or Gen Z? What is it? I'm Gen Z. I'm Gen Z. What y'all? Millennial. You're a little older than me. Okay. Um... Engaging the next generation through culture, building pathways between the black press and the next generation through education. Lord knows if our papers are going to have to continue to grow, if they're going to continue to grow, we got to bring this next generation. There's nothing more disconcerting than a church, than a church where the membership is passing away and there's no new membership coming in. This is our church. Amen? So... To lead this panel, we want to welcome Chelsea Lenora White, the Forward Times business manager. Give her a round of applause. Jaron Small, who is the CEO of Educational Entertainment and Reading with a Rapper. Give him a round of applause. And also, if you would, applaud the whole Reading with a Rapper team. They're going to be up here joining us. So if you all will come up and take your seats, we'll get started. Thank you. Let me take you on a ride. Good morning, everyone. Don't be scared, they on the block. You know, I heard y'all having you church next door, and I wasn't able to attend, but I can I got my blessings, so I hope everybody had their blessings. All right, let's give our last panel another round of applause if you would, please. I appreciate that. I wasn't Very important conversation that had happened. So good morning, everyone. Amen. My name is Jordan Lee Harris, and I'm the president of Education Are we in a state of emergency? Um, we at Education Entertainment, our mission is to simply educate, entertain, and evolve. Now been ruled it all started with the foundation that we started back in 2013 called Legends Who Live, our nonprofit that focuses on funding and equipping disadvantaged youth. Excuse me, through community programming, and with that we came up with several different programs, including senior conversation, you um, just met appreciation uh, weekend, our brother, and something uh, we're going to uh, talk to you today. Jaron, uh, in the last panel, um, with uh, reading with <laughs> a rapper. Um, <laughs> reading with, with a rapper is something else, isn't it? Uh, we created we need to that. ELA academics with um, and also, we all know our president and CEO. This so will be this portion of our conversation. This is a fireside chat uh, with Dr. Chavis and Jaron Small. The topic being Black Press State of Emergency. The state of emergency response through hip-hop, education, and literacy. Let's give Dr. Chavis and Brother Jaron a round of applause. Please, Dr. Chavis. 300,000 students, over 300,000 students. So, um, welcome, man. How you doing? So Thank listen, you. let's get right into it. Now, let's, and for the audience, Houston, Atlanta, uh, this LA, is unrehearsed. North Carolina, 
and it's authentic. Con, New York and Chicago. Uh, neither of us um, have this and those prepared any prior questions. Such that many when we so, uh, decided to do this fast, I just said, look, man, really let's impact our communities and different communities. Let's do it from the history. Um, starting but and I based just in Houston. So we're happy to be here in Nashville presenting to you guys. And yeah, we have some great innovative. Thank you. You know, um, you I move Jenna around on the, screen, the, the nation on the uh, left. You see Jaron Small on the right. You see Douglas Johnson. These are the two gentlemen America. that met at Prairie Is View a and University. I didn't go to PV, but you know, I've grown so to have a real have love and appreciation for my PV people because you know, PV uh, produces. What do y'all? Exactly. You know, I believe that. That's cool. You know. Um, but these guys uh, are going to tell you a little York, about their story when they come Jersey, up a little later. But you know, that's, that's them on the screen, our founders. Yep. These are just some people that we've worked with over the years, including some of the bigger so names like NCAA Final Four, uh, Men's Final Four, excuse uh, me, think, uh, um, Apple, Nike, uh, Jordan, Rita, Rita Beast by Dre. Is, uh, um, we currently have a really strong partnership. With the mayor's office of cultural affairs in Houston, uh, where they amplify and help um, really build our initiatives, and so we gained that partnership early this year, and we're up for renewal. So that's a blessing because we're going to continue to impact the city that we started. So, which is Houston, Texas, Ace Town, for you know. If so I'm saying it right now. Okay. Uh, I know we're being live streamed. At Reading with the Rapper, uh, we work with real ELA specialists that uh, put together the curriculum to for us. Uh, um, and on the screen asked, here, you uh, see Miss Gant. Miss Gant was the, the, the real originator of our curriculum. Without her, we would not have Reading with the Rapper. Uh, the and so going forward in this presentation, Miss Gant is going to come up and, and go through some Reading with the Rapper games with you guys. So let's give a warm welcome to Miss Gant. We're getting ready to prepare for our bicentennial in 2027. If we could take 2023 over the next four or five years. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. So I am Miss Gant. I have been teaching for 10 years. I teach in Houston, Texas. I used to teach ELA, which is English, Language, Arts, and Reading. But now I teach a class called Teen Leadership. So it just gives me so many avenues to reach our students. The Reading with the Rapper curriculum is essential not you know, only because I created well, it, but also because it's changing the face of education. Kids are falling in love with school, reading and writing, and that's all we really wanted to do. So today, you guys are gonna put on your student hats. So you guys are gonna be my students. You, and we are going to walk uh, through a little piece of our curriculum. Our students love figurative language. How many of you guys remember uh, what figurative so what language is? Anybody remember? Oh, I got one. Have some do I have two? Do I have two? Really I have two, amen. Okay, so, Absolutely. so uh, I'm gonna give you guys a little brief, brief lesson about figurative language, and then I'm going to go through one of our favorite activities called our figurative language challenge. I am going to need participation. I am going to need teacher so pets. So I need you guys to also make sure you are paying attention for the so you can answer some of these questions, okay? Everybody with me? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Our figurative language challenge. Let's go over the different types of figurative language. You guys need to know in order to be active participants. Assembly. Assembly is when you use the words like or as to compare two things. For example, last night I slept like a baby, which I did. That reception was a good time, y'all. I felt like I was knocked out. Okay, metaphor. Simply states a comparison without using the word like or as. For example, life is a roller coaster. It has ups and downs, but we all make it out. 
where 100% of the proceeds will be going towards literacy Reinforcing grants Reinforcing a concept of repeating the same thing over and September over 8th. again to get somebody to understand day. something. And so For that example, concert would kick I'm it off. hungry. Um, then from I'm there, hungry. From if October I'm saying it all May, day, we'll over and over, I want y'all to understand. Feed me we'll be before my attitude changes. It's going to be a problem. Graduating high school seniors called hyperbole. Fest. That's so when like you exaggerate something. Like I'm so hungry, I could eat a horse. For all the teachers Are you going to eat an entire horse? So I know that we talked about. But you're just really, really hungry. Voice. And then last, we have personification. That's when you give a human-like something to something that's not human. For example, the lightning danced across the sky. Lightning can't dance. Y'all need. Get down. I feel like party. I'm not with y'all. And I'm going to help build down. up to it. Lightning can't dance, know, so it's giving a human trait to something that's not human. Oh, cameraman, can I be down uh, here? Doing stuff in digital spaces. Okay. House Making sure. Right. Okay, so now marketing. we're going to play the challenge. So, so make sure you guys pay attention because you're going to have to find this, the figurative language in the songs. Are y'all ready? My favorite DJ, DJ Yobes, he's going to be playing a little music. Pay attention. We're finding the figurative language in the rap lyrics. Everybody with me? We're ready? So just be in Houston. Well, okay, here we go. First song, Jay-Z, Song other Cry. We're have other looking have for the mayors. personification. So Does anybody remember what personification is? We need to, anybody we need remember? To who wants to say? Yeah. In the back, say it real loud so I can hear you. It's true. That are tied within the curriculum of the public school system. Teacher's pet, already. I say that. You're my favorite. A lot of kids that have black men. You're my favorite. You're my favorite. All right, here we go. So we're looking for the personification. Here's the song, pay attention. Really like change and really be disruptive and really be they're just doing what they need to do to get you know not saying everybody is doing that because there's a certain protocol you have to be within but he's just done some really just unconventional things that long term have going to be really successful for the city after he leaves so he just actually wanted to do it too so i think it's about just being actually potential sure. and you have the results i think you know having proof uh, we live in a world when, All right. I, I, I who publishers saw a little Chelsea personification? Anybody, don't be nervous. I, I there is a, a wrong answer, but don't be nervous. right now who asked me, uh, go with tell me hey, all the The song is crying. Can a song literally cry? Give her a Yes. A song cannot literally cry, but Jay-Z, he was super emotional. He's probably thinking about me when he was writing his song. So the song is crying. Okay. Why do they, because they also know people in the DJ Khaled featuring T-Pain and Ludacris. All I do is win. Uh, We're looking for the repetition. Anybody remember what repetition is? What is repetition? How do you keep people engaged? Repeating the same so thing over and over and over again. It's just the point. Good. I love this class. Okay, good, right good, good. Okay, here we go. Also for advertising All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the field, Take care of their It's a little baby job. Cameraman, you don't have to follow me. I'm coming way back here. It's okay. It was in 2000 and 2001. Quite frankly, if I can just tell you a story, Summit Action Network. It goes back to what Mark said earlier. We had. But you got to win. Amen. Amen. All right. You give him a hand clap, y'all. Okay. Next. 
So Our next song, Kanye West featuring T-Pain, The Good Life. We're looking for the metaphor. The Remember, metaphor is when you're comparing two things without table. using like or act. And then, of They're course, we tragically lost. Both the good, y'all pop the trunk, I pop the hood. And, and she got the good, and she got that, I got the good side. Yo, it's got to be, cause I'm seasoned. Haters give me them salty looks. Knock your hands up in the sky. Y'all can sing, it's okay. Okay, we're looking for the metaphor. Comparing two things without using like or as. Anybody see it? This one a little hard. Not Anybody see it? Yes, ma'am. I really want to come back to you, but you're so far, you know. My age. I wear blue, okay. I wear red, I wear some other kind of color. You know, that's a dangerous situation. Laurie's, yes. Good job. <laughs> clap it up, clap it up. Comparing his um, looks to season sauce. Uh, reading with a rapper because <laughs> Laurie started out as an artist. <laughs> He was an actor. All right, and next, Jay-Z featuring Alicia Keys, uh, Empire State of Mind. Uh, We're looking for the hyperbole, the exaggeration. This uh, one, also a little difficult, so pay attention. Where is the exaggeration? Get to my stash spot, 560 State Street. Catch me in the kitchen like a Simmons whipping pastry. Cruising down A Street, off-white Lexus. Driving so slow, but BK is from Texas. Me, I'm out there bed stop. Home of that boy, Biggie. Now I live on Billboard, and I brought my boys with me. Say what up to Tata, still sipping my top. Sitting courtside, Nick Sinets give me high five. I be spiked out, I could trip a referee. Sometimes. I wanted to see the chorus. So have you been successful? Okay, it's only a clip. Sorry, guys. Okay, we are looking for the hyperbole. Anybody see the hyperbole? One of the also co-founders. I live. The smartest person in the room. I live on Billboard. I bought my boys with me. It's exaggeration. He's not living on Billboard. Perfection. So I've been involved with hip hop since the beginning. Mace, and, I don't know if he's Puff Daddy today or P. Diddy, but Mace players. and Puff Daddy. You know, Can't nobody and, hold and me I'm down. We're looking for the simile when you're comparing two things without using right. the words I mean, like. No, with using the words Ooh. like or as. I mean, to be very honest, I mean, this is to be honest about all right this is kind of easy Remember, you're looking for like or as. There's your cheat code. You're looking for like or as. Yes, what we got? What do we have? Yes, now with Sean on the track. It's a melting like hot wax. Perfection. Thank you. Clap it up for So what you guys did today was a small piece of our eight-week curriculum. And of course, you guys can see the kids fall in love with learning this way because we're using rappers, we're using rap lyrics, we're using cool teachers, and they fall in love with learning. So that's the whole point of reading with the rapper. And I'm glad that I was your teacher today. You guys did great. If I had money, I would give everybody a million dollars. Good job. 
so they can actually come back and they can say, okay, like, what did y'all think about that? You are actually somebody. Cool, right? Um, and we give them identity. So that's just a condensed version of what the students go through when they have reading with the rapper in their classroom. Uh, reading with the rapper was designed POV. to be either in school or after school. So I give them a lot of schools opt to make it a in-school thing, basically taking over the creative writing classes. So when students go through this curriculum, they not only learn, but they're engaged and they have fun with it. They come out with their own final product, which we call their mixtape, where a lot of students end up expressing themselves, like really kind of telling their business sometimes, but but they feel like it's a safe space so where they can like so really talk about the things that's going on in their lives and really express the themselves through music. So that's a beautiful thing that ends up happening when a student goes through the Reading with the Rapper program. And so the reason why this is important is because of these wonderfully horrible stats that are on this page, right? 79% of U.S. adults are illiterate in 2023. He didn't want any money. That's a large percentage tour. of adults. We're talking about we the U.S. alone, not involved. talking about the world, computers. right? 21% um, of adults in the U.S. are illiterate in 2023. That's 21% of adults in the U.S. as a whole, right? So 79% of U.S. adults on average, excuse me, and then 21% are also illiterate. 54% of adults have a literacy rate below 6th grade level, excuse me. So low levels of literacy cost the U.S. up to $2.2 trillion per year. Basically meaning that if you're unable to read and write, that means uh, that you can't really advance in life, right? You can't really get a job. You, you can't know, really, like, comprehend the things that are going on in your life. Or, like, you know, you have to be able to read and write in order to function, right? And so that causes the U.S. debt threshold to be $31.4 trillion. Dollars. Go ahead, so we believe me. literacy is the key to solving that. And we I, focus on really literacy in, like, in schools and not just your regular, like, you know, come to school and read a book or you know, write an essay. It's more so like, again, doing things in an engaging way and making make you want to learn. So it was really important for us to be like, in life through literacy. do you want to be a part of what we're growing? If Houston is the only city in the U.S. with a literacy program with an adult literacy program. It's called the Mayor's Office for Adult Literacy where they are focusing on helping our adults because I don't want to know what we basically like, the same story a lot of adults fell through the cracks in school, and right? Over. They show us so the now same they're functioning at, you know, 18 plus being illiterate. Right, and so he's really like, we didn't have a long term plan, but I understand so because while we don't have we time to do that because we're sacrificing tackle our and youth, we can't forget about day. our adults too. So, Doug so and that's I, we took all of our 20 sacrifices to and said, you know what, it doesn't matter about us going out. So, in our program, friends or we've shown that there's been a 90% increase in attendance, a 90% increase in social emotional learning, and a 90% decrease in negative behavior when it comes to their behavior in school. And so, when they go through this program, again, they're engaged. They have fun. Yeah, they want to come to school. Ourselves. They want to behave. So we are real and they want to, in a, in you know, continue life. learning. You know, so mean? some so skills that they learn are sentence structure, identifying and analyzing with the tone, public speaking, technological skills, um, figure you language know, like what Jeremy just went through, um, active listening, communication skills, and so forth and so on. And so, like I said, they come out of that class like I really being able to express themselves in a different way. They want to continue to, uh, to advance their literary skills because they want to be able to write about themselves and speak about themselves and speak in public speak in general. A lot of students that come out or go into it very, being very shy, not really wanting to speak, end up speaking in front of their peers, in front of us, people that they may not have even met, but they feel confident with it. And so to 
show you a recap of some of the schools that we did this year. Rob is going to play that video for me, right? Okay. As you move around the country, are you seeing an openness to your approach of literacy in other major cities? It was a beautiful thing where I could actually so express myself and my family problems, what they've been going through. Reading with the rapper really helps me because it has all my favorite things. Learning, music, and also figurative language. It was, it was, it was a cool experience. It like helped me with my reading or whatnot. Cause like some people in the class didn't know what a metaphor and an onomatopoeia is. And then his song, it like showed you this is what a metaphor and onomatopoeia is similar. Like it gave you examples and you'll remember it because like just how you remember songs, you can remember that. And like it was cool. This class is more tight knit, so it's easier to um, incorporate music and fun with them because they were like so on board. The second I talked about it, they were ready to go and super excited about the program. Some things that we did in class were right about our friends, poems, stories, stories, and that made us feel better about the rapper made us excited. I feel about being with the rapper really that's one opportunity that not everybody gets in their life, basically, and one opportunity that I'll probably keep and cherish, and probably, um, if I make it in life, I'll probably end up saying this if I get this feature sometimes. It's inspirational that some kids these days, they need to hear some, because they out here with violence and all gang stuff. Buddy Rose music was really amazing, and it just flows really well. It speaks to me, it's very deep. And it's the 60th it's very high anniversary at the same time. Freedom of the classroom. And, and we get to make and we got to make our own rules. And we, did, and we couldn't break them because we made them. Opened up my eyes to my students as well as allowed the students to be a little more free and open and vulnerable in that space of literacy and being able to share what think, they didn't understand about, about certain aspects of figurative language, but being able to look at music and tie it all in together and say, oh, what okay, now I get it. I would like to see the, wasn't just the program continue because like, was, they have some good, um, they, they have some and good songs, and um, the thanks to them, I'm now a today, fan, and that I could write things about them, too. I actually wanted to be a writer when I grew up, a successful writer. We still have these police departments. And to clarify, these uh, were students all the way from third grade to twelfth grade. So it was a little variety of those students later. there. And so, so we said, what we want to do now is continue this I, conversation I that, uh, with the rest of the reading with the rapper the team, part, uh, including our friend over at Forward Time, Chelsea Lenora White. That, so now I want to introduce Jaren Small, Douglas Johnson, and Chelsea Lenora White to the stage, please. It's one thing for young people to go off and have a conference as young people. There's another thing for the elders to go off and have a conference as elders. But what are we doing together? We got to do something together. You know, I want, I want, I want to fight for freedom with my younger brothers and sisters. Now, if we do something together, comfortable. Come on. How y'all doing this, this is morning? The other part I need to, I just have was to that ask. not like a, a wake up, like I'm an energizing moment, so inspiring? I feel like when, young when that video ended, I was emotional the older because the youth is our future. The thing that you're and when we don't have them, we don't even have platforms. So I want to start off by introducing myself. I'm Chelsea Lenora White. I'm the business manager at the illustrious Houston Forward Time. 
friends. Yeah, come um, so excited to be here. Initially, I linked up with Reading with the Rapper. I want to just kind of give you a little backstory so as to how this ties into black media and um, how I, I hooked up with this amazing organization. So, Jaren Small, who is the co-founder over here to my left, that is also my fiance. Come on, fiance. Um, but we, Grant, we've known each other since the, uh, we were teenagers, but we actually like linked back up and started dating in 2019. Uh, Reading with the Rapper had been around for just one year at that time. And I was like, oh my God, this is so incredible. Um, and knew that we needed to find some synergy between us and them. But then once we started doing that at four times, I was like, the entire network needs these resources. Because I, for one, know that we're stronger together. And when we all have these resources and are able able to share them, everybody wins. So I was like, if we can get y'all here and tie this all in together, we're tapping into the next generation of contributors, of writers, of readers, right? So I want to turn it over LA to New York Douglas Johnson and Houston Jaren Small, Chicago, who are the co-founders, and ask y'all just St. Louis, how y'all found it, reading with the rapper, Alabama, and Georgia, your why. Or in the Carolinas. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Hello, hello. Uh, the room would not be full of people. And um, so how do you pass... You know, it's like I, okay, I ran so track. There we go. Uh, uh, relay. Man, that's uh, a great question. Yeah, I it's not, First, it's just I was not at Prairie and then during the, the summer working with kids that want to advance themselves. The meaning of started. the baton. And I was working you know, with them. And, and sometimes and I that thing, like, Yo, there may be a mispass. We may, may drop the baton like, before we actually pass it off. It's not fun. It's not relatable. something about having a plan to regenerate. All of us should have a succession plan. Read a doctor's Unfortunately, but they a lot of OGs take in their own stuff like, to the grave with so them. Right. Never share. I was like, wait. So I'm trying this to spend my thing. last years Artists making sure I spend time with people like you. Uh, they don't even really know uh, what they're just sham because so I, I don't want to give you the trauma. Doug is the one that keeps I want to give you the joy of overcoming the trauma. See what I'm saying? There's a certain joy. You know, that our movement needs to always exhibit. At the end of the day, what's our joy? Not just our pain. It's kind of problematic. It's how to overcome that. It can work. And then you know, kind of I, I remember when I was yeah. in Tampa uh, when T Pain so came first to me with the idea. We just kind of considered about his life for a while. And then name, we, we tried to figure out like said, how do we how do how do we solve this? How do we actually make it into joy? So we actually reached <laughs> you know, out to Jeremy Gant, who went to school with us. Because a lot of times, if we focus only on what hurts us, this eight-week curriculum. Um, and it just, it, it took us some time because it was, it's so for, it was so forward and we knew it was at the time. It should never um, be. Just for where the education space is. Um, and, and how we on our sense. kind of get this on the, on the level. It can be a common, it can be a cynical, it can be So where administration could really understand. When I see what you're uh, doing so with reading. time to kind of get it. With a rapper. Um, Gives me joy, brother. Can really understand what it it is. makes us we know that all of what we fought for all those years in the past was not in vain. I don't know how far right. we can go with it. It's not in vain. I don't know what to say to that. I mean, it, I, when I came to album, the conference in Puerto Rico, my mind was just blown because I'm like, this is a true, real resource. I'm like, this is the progress. And they're learning. It didn't really click to me. I'm like, wait. That was one of the biggest things. They control In America, and they're looking for somebody or looking for a group of people to kind of keep this going. Instead of us saying, like, oh, they don't care about us. They really do. But I think sometimes the youth has to also say, you know what? We need to do a better job of just asking the right questions. 
for the, for the, for the being patient, program. Yes. listening yes. and gathering the right information from me so we can take it on exactly. and um, not being so thinking we and, know and everything because we don't. Came from, and uh, I guess listening to my question or even the audience, do you believe in time travel? Real quick, could you uh, absolutely. Okay, what is yes. your concept on time travel? I have a concept. But you want to know well, so listen. Um, first of all, the whole concept of time. I hope you know that's an African concept. Absolutely, it's not a European concept. You know, European is a pointillism. That means, and I'm not trying to cast anything on Europeans, but that's part of their culture. They were, they're into what's happening at a certain point. From an African perspective. We Buddy see Rowe, what's happening over a period of time. So we have our own time is not so lin linear. Time is 360. Artist, time man. is expansive. Yeah, like and so that's why we are expanding. Yeah. And that's yeah. why yeah. the yeah. black person is still alive today. You know, because we have to take yeah, really awesome. sometimes limited so, resources something that I but got having I'm not gonna that lie. zeal I really, really having that drive having that fortitude to the conference uh, having that yes mom, responsibility to the community when we say we're the trusted like, voice oh of the God, black community is the trust is something you know I mean? that's because earned it's not you can't buy trust you can't really sell trust you can relate to it and that's why it's such valuable invaluable uh, for the future of the, the black press is to continue to be the you know, trusted voice so of the black community. Some things that I really, really okay, appreciate still, about this organization is Yo, the tell me, tell me what's your definition of time Okay, time. so that this is how I think about time travel. When I speak to someone at your nature, right, I'm really getting are, information right? from the past I can um, never Another get. thing, I know that Jaren shared that they signed Buddy Rowe, their first artist out of Houston, but they're licensing. This is crazy to me because in addition to me, I never thought about because their mind is so Artist as well. I'm a to the other place, right? you're literally talking and to the future. And if you know anything about the recording business, mm -hmm. you so know that us, we're, we're in the present of where we can create from like the left of an and the right. So I see like the youth streets, as this right? medium of like we're the hybrids of, of like okay, I have a certain and time period right now. Let me so gather information from you, but also let me gather information from the youth to where we can create a licensing. That's why it's so different and so innovative because. All we did was just simply Rowe, ask us I'm what do we need I know that to we be successful. Before, but you know, one of the things that we're all focusing on in our community is STEM, science, music, technology, created, you know, engineering, and mathematics. Something uh, in the science world, something called catalyst. Of five figures catalyst. in a couple months. Rapping. And when they did the research and, and the data for his streaming, he didn't even do that in a couple years, you're, you're and he's been doing really well with the streaming, right? But you so accelerate this is a, forward an entirely new concept, which I think is incredible. Uh, I want to ask Jeremy the next question opportunities that would not Ms. be there Gant if it went for did you. an amazing job, and that's why give, I think we should a all invest applause, applause in uh, reading with a rapper. I love you know, yeah, well, that's you know. And and listen, all good ideas have to have good financial. There are a whole lot of great ideas, but they're not, they don't take off because they have financial undergirding, financial investment. What was your experience and as an all like the publishers will tell you, they're that. business you people. Like you got to keep a business you know, going. You got to keep a business outdated. alive. And so we have to find a way how to generate revenue that supports the great ideas that we have, the great programs and opportunities. But you got to have that revenue. I see Mark, we over time. So yesterday, we were at the museum for the reception I know what they want to see. I know. I know our entire family, our team for reading and rapping, so we were just so blown away because of all the history that we were seeing. So when I just thought it was Jean so crazy I, we where at, at a certain point in time, it was literally against the law for us to read and write. Just complain, complain, HBCU, especially Preview, sits on the biggest slave plantation in Texas, the Preview plantation. 
not and how we use music to kind of like give information. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like we're at this very same point again now where they're trying to take certain things away from critical race theory and kind of take that same power away from us now. We're fighting the same thing, but in a more intimate way. So, one, Thank Basically, you and thank the entire we also do training, for us to even be here to, to see learning this fun and in their classroom this, to meet y'all because it's so important and we want to be a part of the change and we just really appreciate you and the entire organization um, awesome. for this and opportunity because this is going to yes, be the start of something for the next 20, 30, 50 years. Well, we thank you. It's mutual, brother. All right. God bless. Jaron Small. Dr. Benjamin Chavis, what a fruitful conversation really we know as an African people. While we're all here with our publications, and, and I want to ask a few of right. you, uh, what news, are some areas, um, some trouble areas, or some opportunities for growth, rather, within your publication? If you could just raise your hand and let me know some things that you would like to see well, we changed, just or just some opportunities for growth. So let's give, Anybody? Them, let's give them a round of applause for getting some. that done. Everybody all over the world is watching. Don't forget, please share it. Hi, Dana. And especially on your social media, Black Press USA, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Let's give our panelists a round of applause. We're going to make a quick transition and bring our next presenter. Sure, sure. This, is, this is about that, ad revenue. I know ain't nobody going to win now. Especially because oh, y'all we talk good. about meeting the youth no where ad. they are. They're everybody always good. on social media. Got all the ad so revenue? definitely you good? valid. Anybody okay. else? Okay, well, on the next slide, I kind of came up with, oh, I'm we sorry. Mr. Bobby. Absolutely. That's why also the reason I wanted them to be here and I was so grateful that Jaron and Doug were able to bring, you know, a large portion of their team is because I want them to be what I see is I want them to be a resource to everybody. I want them to be a resource to this entire network, because, again, I think that I'm going to go to the next slide and, and, and see over here. These are some issues that we're having, and I also agree with Bobby and Dana. Those are some definitely some areas of growth for us as well. Um, reader retention, bandwidth and staffing, solidifying the digital presence. Those are all things that I feel like all of us can could certainly utilize to, to beef up our presence and our brands. Um, in that, I realized that education is the answer. And I know it sounds like a, like a general thing, but for instance, you know we have the Chevrolet DTU interns right now, right? Um, and if they stopped by a few publications uh, recently. So our interns stopped by last week. We had three incredibly, incredibly brilliant uh, students from Howard University, from Morehouse University, um, or Morehouse College, rather. And usually I feel like when they get there, when they come with us, the issue is that there is not a plan in place for them um, not only for them to grow, but for us to get something out of it. So this time I was like, you know what? 
we have an opportunity to tap into these brilliant young minds directly, let me really put something together to feed them and for us to try to, you know, get something out of it. So in addition to them having assignments, right, with writing articles, covering things, uh, engaging with the community, experiencing, you know, Houston life and culture, I had them comprise a business plan for a podcast studio that we've been working on. And I had already had my plans, but I wanted to see what they wanted to see. I wanted to see where their minds were. I wanted to see kind of what they would come up with. And when I tell y'all that that business plan was so brilliant that like people need to pay for it, like it's, I'm saying that these kids and the youth are, are willing to do it, but it's like if they come by your publication and you don't give them anything, you know, for them to sink their teeth into, to challenge them, to push them, no one wins, right? Um, so I truly feel like education is the answer, which is why linking with organizations like Reading with a Rapper, where y'all directly meet, you know, these kids where they are, is so important. So I want to uh, talk a little bit about the fact that literacy is a human issue. Um, and I want to ask this next question to Doug. How do you feel like Reading with the Rapper serves as a solution to the literacy crisis? Uh, we serve as a, as a solution simply, as you said, we, we meet them where they are. So it's about using the things that, that they enjoy doing, pop culture, our, our culture. Um, using those things that they like, social media, using um, culture, using music, it, so that they feel invited and they feel welcome. And not only that, but not only with the curriculum, but we also um, change our classrooms so we we remodel uh classrooms as well as teachers lounges to create a more conducive environment for the student um to engage them in the learning so that they feel welcomed and invited um so that don't so that they can actually grow in their education and they feel like okay this is something i'm, I'm getting something out of this um and i think that's the that's the biggest piece that's huge that you talked about the environment as well because i've been and their demonstrations and the lighting and everything is completely different and the kids are receiving things differently. So that means that even, would you say that even in our offices and physical spaces, if we are still operating, I know a lot of people are remote still, but in our offices and spaces, we wanna make sure that that environment is considered as well. Oh, 100%, and, and it's really in any space, environment is everything. Um, the, the, the space that you're, that you're in and how that makes you feel, um, to whatever it is that you're doing at that moment, whether it's, you know, working, studying, learning, engaging with somebody else, um, that environment is one of, I would say, probably more than half of how you're going to receive and use that information uh, in the future or however you need to use it. Absolutely. This next question I have is for Jaren. I know you've been a bit more involved on the, the black press side, right? Um, how do you feel like reading with a rapper and literacy as a whole, um, how do you feel like that ties into the black press in terms of serving as a solution? I mean, essentially, if I can't read and write, I can't read the paper. I can't contribute to the paper. I can't give ideas. I can't do a survey. I can't really do anything. And then you look about how do I start to acquire more younger writers or younger talent for the paper. If they can't comprehend, they can't give you great content. They can't go interview people for you. So it becomes a, a, a huge crutch 
because the next generation is not able to just have basic understanding of just what's going on. And so if we can flip that script and get a student to learn how to read and write, then you can give them an actual program that teaches them how to come back and work in your ecosystem. So it's about getting to them quicker and faster because of technology, they're more advanced than the kids 10 years ago. You don't have to wait till they're in college. They know what they want to do in eighth grade. So if they want to be in right up, like the young girl in the video, she was in elementary school, I want to be a writer. I'm going to feed her stuff right now so I can watch her from third grade all the way to 12th and she could be contributing papers to you now. These kids, when they're doing their writing programs, we print their, their, uh, pub, their um, writing sources in the paper. So it gives them a real sense of, I'm a now published author. You know, I mean? but that small thing engages the parent too. So if we have 10,000 kids, by default, I have 20,000 parents. So just like that, I have 30,000 people looking at one thing because of the intention of where we put the information at. So it's just redirecting and just being a lot more intentional. I also feel like um, piggybacking off of Ms. Gant's demonstration, when these kids are tapping into figurative language and they're writing these pieces, that those skills are helping them to write more thoughtful and innovative pieces as well. Um, which brings me to my next point about education being sort of an untapped market. When we look at who we're, um, I guess, sourcing and, and, and recruiting for talent, a lot of times I feel like we don't look into the schools. Right. Um, and so we comprise just a couple of points as to, oh yes, we, we comprised a couple of points uh, as to how the black press benefits when we tap into education. Um, number one, we build a younger demographic of readers and contributors. Number two, we increase revenue models. We diversify our audience and we widen our circulation, which leads to more advertising dollars. Because when, obviously, when we have a wider audience and when we boast a wider readership, we are in a, we're in a better vantage point. Number three, we create relatable and engaging content. This is huge. I'm very passionate about this because for one, representation matters. I'm not gonna read something that is not, not only relatable to me, but it's not interesting to me. So I feel like that comes from a wide scope. For me personally, I'm not saying that I only wanna read from, uh, from young writers, right? but I feel like there needs to be representation in the writing rooms in order to reflect who your audience is. If you want your audience to be the next generation, um, you know, of thinkers, then maybe just having, you know, a, a middle-aged man writing all the time is not going to relate to them or an older young lady or whatever the case may be and vice versa for the older audience, right? Because maybe those things that you, you're recruiting younger writers and younger talent, it's, it's missing them. Maybe that, that doesn't relate to them. So I just feel like with all of us, we boast such a, uh, a rich legacy and, and, and tenured presence in our, in our communities. I just say widen it up. I don't say do away with, you know what I mean, with our writers and who we already have. I just say make that writing room more reflective of who you're talking to. You know what I mean? Not one thing. Um, number four, connect with the youth to speak their language because if we don't, then we become obsolete. And that's the truth. The youth is the future. Um, we wanted to also give everybody something to take away from this because I feel like it's easy to talk about the idea, but then it's like, okay, what do we do with that, right? How do we tap into education? How do we do these things? So Jaren and I actually came up with these action items to take to the market and the team helped us to really hone in on it. Um, number one, 
identify the school campuses around your business. I know for us, like obviously TSU, but also Jaron brought to my attention Prairie View. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I, I, when I went to Prairie View, I was a comm major. We actually have a writing program in our communication school, but we also produce our own paper, which is called The Panther. The Panther originally stopped a couple of years ago because of just kids not really wanting to be engaged in it, so it completely just stopped. But last, uh, two months ago, I was talking to the communication professionals, like, yo, a group of students wants to bring the paper back, but they don't know where to start at. So I'm like, this is a great opportunity for a, a publication to step in, to train them, to help them to learn how to create that paper. Then when they graduate, they're working right back in loop. So you're teaching them already what you kind of want them to do for you, but you're also helping the school. They might be, we'll print the paper for you. So now you become almost like a bigger overhead for the university. Now that's your client. And they're paying for your service. Now you're consulting for a university to produce a paper in helping the kids. So everyone's really winning in that same form of fashion. And that's the thing that can happen in high schools, middle schools, and elementary schools as well. You can ask principals to contribute their thoughts, right? Teachers, a teacher column. How do you feel as teachers? So once you give a teacher a teacher column, she can tell you they're coming. And they're going to read because no one's talking to teachers. They're the most underserved group in the world, honestly, when you think about it. So once you give them that type of empowerment, they'll come in droves. That's huge. And obviously, we don't have a shortage of schools in our communities. There's enough for everybody. You know, even if there are multiple publications in a city, like these kids need the resources and we need the resources. So let's share them. Number two, create meaningful youth-based content for your publication. Once you've identified those school campuses and you know that you want to target them and you want to target those readers, uh, the, the students, the admin, you have to have something for them. And I know for the example, we put like word puzzles, interactive games, but I feel like even what you're talking about when it comes to art, when it comes to culture, even when it comes to health, beauty, all those things, really tapping in and, and creating some type of content that is engaging to them matters. And we all, you know, we're, we're a resource, you could ask us, you know, we all know uh, youth and we can tap in with them and ask what they like to see. I think asking them that is important as well. Number three, select one campus to target and distribute the publication per semester. We started with one campus just so that we're able to sort of beta phase it out um, and see what kind of what you get out of it. We call it a two-way distribution to where once we tap in with that school and we ask them, hey, can we house the paper in your teacher's lounge or can we house it in the cafeteria, um, create a distribution center within that school campus. We also are talking to the school and asking them what kind of content they can provide, right? So not just, I don't wanna say advertising and then it directs or directly correlates to monetization, but you have to give a little to get something back. You know what I mean? So when it comes to whatever it is that they would like to sort of amp up, whether it be their school plays, sports games, we talked about publishing those student essays and art. Op-ed columns for teachers is huge because for instance, like Miss Gant is a writer as well. And so when she writes and she taps into those op-ed columns, other teachers are reading and they're seeing themselves in her writing, which is important. Number four, we talked about providing a survey to the students and admin at the campus that we select to identify where their interests lie and like what they would like to see within the publication. This is something I'm working on and I wanna provide almost like an, a sample survey to get out to all of y'all. I don't know the easiest way to distribute it, but I'll figure it out after this conference. I'm gonna do a survey to where you could 
literally send it to wherever your market is and it'll apply regardless, just so that you're able to gather that data and know how to move forward and how to pivot your brand. Number five, uh, create a QR code on the front of the print publication to direct readers to the digital platform. I know a lot of us are already doing this, Four Times is definitely doing this, but I think making it a focal point to constantly be drawing those print readers back into your digital audience is huge, because a lot of times, some of those readers encounter your publication print-wise first, some of, some of the times it's digital, um, but obviously we wanna get them to that digital space because that's where our future readers are. You know, We don't sadly see them picking up papers a lot, but I still do know that they're important. Um, so that's kind of what we had to, um, to kind of get everybody started. I did have a question for Jeremy before, or Ms. Gant, sorry, before we open up the floor for questions and answers. I know that you created the Reading with the Rapper curriculum, which is incredible. Um, I wanted to know, number one, how difficult it was to do that, and number two, how often you have to update that curriculum, if any. So I created the curriculum with my partner in education crime. Her name is Gabrielle Gardner, and it was easy for us because we love teaching. We love students, we love education, so it was like second nature for us. Once we knew what we wanted to do, it just all flowed because we love what we do, we love teaching. And we update the curriculum based on the artist. So if we get a new artist or if we have some new ideas that pop into our head, we update the curriculum. So that all is based on just our minds, our brains. <laughs> And my last question to you is, do you think that the black press could benefit from um, developing some type of curriculum for onboarding student interns or future talent? Oh, for sure. And what yes. would that look like? Um, because students are already used to learning on a program, like learning with the curriculum. So if they were given a curriculum from a publication, they already know what to do and they already know what they're expected to do. So that's the whole reason why we have a curriculum, so they know what they're expected to produce. So giving them expectations, you get what you want. Got you, got you. Yes, Jaren would like to add something. Yes. Um, which is important, two things, with the distribution part. When you go to a school, right, because you all have respected competitors in your markets that are not black owned, Publications, right? Once you go to that school district or that university or that, that school district, there's no competitors. You're the only one. So you kind of can break rules and recreate them and do some new things because there's nobody challenging you in that space at all. So now you can really thrive. And then when you go back to your partners, when it comes to those ad revenues or those different things, you can say, my demographic is widened. I have a specific niche group at a time that no one can get to them but me. So now you're really valuable to that Google or whoever the case might be from that sense. North Star, I, I really want to develop a curriculum for NMPA with them. Like, I, I've been talking to them about that. I think that there needs to be some type of tangible, you know, curriculum just for us to get the most out of uh, talent as well as for them to get the most out of the experience. A lot of times, this is the last thing I'm going to say, a lot of times the first time that they encounter the black press or even media is when they come to work within our publications. So we want to make sure that they're being challenged and that they're being introduced to the black press in, you know, the most productive and beneficial way. We don't want to leave, you know, obviously a bad taste in their mouth, so we want to make sure that they're getting something. So North Star, that's what I'm trying to do. But we thank you all so much. Um, oh, yes, 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 we wanted to open it up for Q&A. That's what I was going to say next. Real brief question, folks. In it, hands up, in hands. Okay, it's the first one I saw. Well, I'm right here, bro. Let me do this real quick. Quick question, please. 
Uh, Jody Giles, Defender Network. Um, just for the curriculum basis, what were your keys to success and your biggest challenges? And then from Jaron and Doug, um, just in terms of the launch and growth of Reading a Rapper program, if you can also talk about some of your uh, like big success stories or what made the company what it is today and also what your biggest challenges were. I would say the main key to success was that video you saw. Just having students fall in love with reading and writing and saying, I love this, I wanna be in school, I wanna learn. That was the biggest success. Oh, some of the pitfalls with starting the curriculum. Not to say, I don't, I don't really, there weren't any pitfalls. Like I said, we love teaching. So it was easy for us to create the curriculum and it was easy for us to know what we needed in order to get it done for the kids to enjoy learning. I would think probably the biggest pitfall may be finding teachers that could teach the curriculum because you have to be a certain type of teacher in order to teach it. I can't have, I can't make you me. So you have to, you have to have a certain personality, a certain, a certain, you know, swag in order to teach the, a certain, you know, in order to teach the curriculum. <laughs> so that might've been the hardest pitfall. And I'd say uh, to your other question, some of the biggest challenges uh, from us, I would say probably one of the biggest challenges was just uh, wrapping administration, superintendents and districts head around the curriculum itself, itself and just trying to get that negative connotation of rap. Because um, we're using that very thing that they, they say, like puts people in jail and things of that nature, but we're using that very same thing to educate them and push them forward. So I think that was one of the biggest challenges that we had. Uh, some of the successes. So when George Floyd was uh, murdered, you know, a lot of companies made a lot of promises. Um, Nike made a promise. And Nike chose us for that promise in Houston. So we were really blessed to really have an accelerant from a company like that. But they also, because of the space they were in, they were like, we don't know how to navigate this, so we're going to trust you. So from there, they gave us complete control over what we were doing. And they said, we're just going to support you from there. From there, once you get one brand at that level to say yes, they kind of just all trickle in. So within one year, Nike, YouTube, Google, Beast by Dre, NCAA in one whole fiscal year. Overwhelmingly, we kind of like we're in a bandwidth issue at this point where we're growing an accelerant. We have 14 on staff. We're in six states. We've probably been 11 by the end of the year. So we're looking to actively now have our own LMS platform to where we can scale and grow. So I think it's just the biggest part of the success was just getting to the brands to get them to understand because that's another revenue model for us as well too. So the schools pay us, the brands pay us because they want to be in front of the kids. So we're really doing a reciprocal of energy of private, public, and community. Real quick, real quick. So yeah, so uh, over here. Larry Lee, uh, Sacramento Observer newspaper. So um, tell me, just tell us a little bit about, and you started to talk about it just now, uh, about kind of the growth plan and revenue uh, of, of how you're, you're growing. Because my question is really, is how do, we, how do we get this to replicate in our other cities? Sure. So normally when we come in, we're at a point now, because originally Jordan talked about Eddie and T, it's a social enterprise. So we have the the resources to come in and give a grant to a particular campus, right? So we come to Sacramento, that's where you base that, right? Say we find one school, we made that a flagship school there. We give them a grant to see how that looks for a semester or for a school year, right? But then that whole school year period, when we get done, we've already done procurement and we're vendors. So by the time they get done, we're doing now business with the entire district. So that one investment might come from, a, I don't wanna give you the number, but that one investment goes from that number to a very, sustainable number over time that we can always just regurgitate because you're going to always have 12th graders, 11th graders. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Then from the scalability part with the platform, the technology, we're going to be able to kind of pretty much at will 
because the program's going to be automated. So now if you had your own NPA, had their own curriculum through a platform, it's automated to where anytime somebody wants it, here's the link, it's already done, fill it out, and they're just paying for it at this point. Good morning, Neil Anderson with the LA Sentinel. Uh, this year marks the 50th anniversary of hip hop. And so can you talk to us about how incorporating hip hop in our content this year can maybe help amplify the message, even when you look at record labels, tapping into those dollar resources. You know, a lot of times we're afraid to talk about hippity hop, some, some people say, but it's really a part of our culture and black culture. So can you speak to that, to the publishers about how important and significant that could be if we talk about it? I know we actually went over time, but the next actual conversation, Fireside Chat with Dr. Chavis, I'll actually be talking about that with him and with some cool announcements and some surprises. So give me like a couple more minutes and we can get to that. Let's give our panel a round of applause if we could. Thank you. Thank you. Outstanding. You can do better than that. Give him a bigger round of applause if you could. And y'all know what? If, if, if hip hop is 50, then no, really, our music is in the middle-aged generation. Amen? You know, all of us, when we went through that museum yesterday, right, we saw ourselves in every aspect of it, even in the hip-hop section. So this is, we've got to bring this together. Thank you all very much. This is, this is urgent. Thank you so much. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Are we in a state of emergency? If we weren't before we got here, we know we all are now because affirmative action has now been ruled unconstitutional. More on that later, and I know many of you are I saw everybody go on their phones and begin to send messages back home for their publications to get on top of that. I have some other information I'll share with you probably during the luncheon that we've learned since the ruling. 
But we want to continue our conversation. You just met uh, our brother uh, uh, Jaron uh, in the last panel um, with a reading with a rapper. Um, reading with a rapper is something else, isn't it? We need that. Um, and also, we all know our president and CEO. This will be this portion of our conversation. This is a fireside chat with Dr. Chavis and Jaron Small. The topic being black press state of emergency. The state of emergency response through hip hop, education, and literacy. Let's give Dr. Chavis and Brother Jaron a round of applause. Please, Dr. Chavis. What's up? Welcome, man. How you doing? So listen, let's get right into it. Now, for the audience, uh, this is unrehearsed. It's authentic. Uh, neither of us have prepared any prior questions. When we uh, decided to do this fast, I said, look, man, let's just do it from the heart. Let's do it from the history. But I just want to say that the last panel, I think we should applaud the last panel again. It was such innovative. Thank you. You know, I move around the, the nation uh, a lot, and one of the myths in America is that black people, but particularly black youth, are not interested in learning. And so you, you have all these programs designed uh, basically uh, to create a pipeline from the failure of the school system to the prison system. Uh, in New York and in New Jersey, they used the failure of the third grade reading test yep. to determine how many juvenile prisons are gonna be built. Absolutely. So this whole thing about literacy, uh, I think uh, rapping, uh, read, uh, reading with a rapper is uh, a great program. And I just wanna say, uh, and I wanna get ahead of my board of directors uh, by making an announcement that they now have heard of. But I think that the NMPA as a trade association of all of our papers, we need to embrace rapping and reading 100%. with a rapper. So I'm yes. saying it right now, uh, I know we're being live streamed, uh, that the National Newspaper Public Association, we embrace what you're doing, uh, and we're gonna try to replicate it. Uh, what Brother Lee asked from uh, Sacramento, we need to rep replicate it in all of our cities, in all of our publications. Uh, the most important future that we have is our young people, and we have to invest in it. And certainly, for this being the 196th year of the black press of America, wow. we're getting ready to prepare for our bicentennial in 2027. If we could take 2023 over the next four or five years and really concentrate, we will have something to celebrate at the 200th anniversary Absolutely. of the black press, and that is the embrace, the engagement uh, of our young people. You know, I, we all know that the youth today is the most talented, the most gifted. Uh, uh, they're little geniuses. However, the system is against them. You know, uh, there's racial profiling. There are all kinds of things that go on. We're the most uh, expelled from school, male and female, because the school system is not properly curriculum or geared. So I'm just going to kick it with you, man. And... Uh, uh, I think the question was asked, this is the fifth year of hip hop. Mm -hmm. uh, so what can we do to kick, kick it and, and have some relationship that really makes a difference for the black press? Absolutely, so 
a couple months back, I reached out to Dr. Chavis, and I remember I was like, hey, man, I have this idea. And on the last presentation, we saw that stat of how the U.S. is in debt, $34.1 trillion, and adjacent to that, literacy is 2.2 per year. And so we had the idea of creating the Hip Hop for Literacy campaign. For the next five to 10 years, we want to focus on taking that deficit down from 54 to about 30%, 20%, which is a very optimistic, lofty goal, but we feel like we can really do that because if we change that, everything else literally changes. We see that the industry is going to make an investment to this space. So I called out the chief, I was like, hey, what do you look like where NNPA can partner with us to really recreate this and bring it back? I know you had the Hip Hop Summit. You're like, this makes sense. So I think we're going to start there where in se oh, okay. September. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, September 8th, which is International Literacy Day, we'll be actually doing the first actual charity concert in Houston, Texas, where 100% of the proceeds will be going towards literacy grants to across the country in Houston. What date is that? September 8th. It's International Literacy Day. And so that concert would kick it off. Um, then from there, from October to May, we'll be doing the Reading and Rapid Literacy Grants. And then at the end of May, we'll be having our own festival for uh, graduating high school seniors called Senior Fest. So it's like our version of South by Southwest. And then we're going to have a teacher conference for all the teachers around the country in Houston. So I know that we talked about you guys being a direct voice and being our official media partner for that to amplify across the country. Because by way, if we're the only ones telling the story, Everybody has to come to us. We'll be there on September 8th, and the NMPA will be your media partner. And I'm going to help build up to it. Because, you know, the value of streaming, the value of uh, doing stuff in the digital space is how it's promoted. Right. It's how it's marketed. So we have to prepare minds not only in Houston, but will the event be live streamed? Can people around yes. the country mm -hmm. get into it? And the reason why we're keeping it in Houston because, again, Houston's the only city that has an adult literacy program that the White House is actually looking at right now. So the goal is to replicate what we're doing in Houston across the country. So we don't want to just be in Houston. Well, why do you think, how did that happen in Houston? It's not happening in other cities. We have other cities that have black mayors. So it's not just the fact that you have a black mayor. We need to, we need to figure out why our other cities don't have adult literacy programs. That's true that are tied within the curriculum of the public school system. I will say that I know that we have a lot of cities that have black mayors, but Mayor Turner in Houston, you don't see too many mayors intentionally trying to really, like, change and really be disruptive and really be, they're just doing what they need to do to get, you know, not saying everybody is doing that because there's a certain protocol you have to be within, but he's just done some really just unconventional things that long-term have going to be really successful for the city after he leaves. So he just actually wanted to do it too. So I think it's about just being actually attentional about it for sure. And you have the results. I think, you Absolutely. know, having receipts, right? Uh, having data, yes, having sir. proof. Yep. Uh, we live in a world that when, I, and I'm going to say to our publishers, when Chelsea put that list up there, I, I have a national advertiser right now who asked me, uh, Reverend Chavis, tell me all the publishers at NP. They have a crossword puzzle or have a puzzle in their newspapers. So I had to give them an answer. And based on the answer, they made advertising decisions. I mean, based on, and you were saying, wow, why, why do they? Because they also know, people in the advertising world know what attracts people, uh, what engages people. Beyond reading a column or reading a piece, but how do you keep people engaged? So having the list up there that you put, was right on time also for advertising dollars, which I know all of our publishers are very concerned about. 
I have a question for you. When you created the Hip Hop Summit, what was the original goal in mind um, when you did that? Right, thank you. And I'm gonna give my uh, partner, Russell Simmons, credit. Um, he was a founder, he's the godfather of hip hop. You know, he, he lives in Bali now, he doesn't live in the United States, and he's into yoga. Uh, and, and that's cool because people do, do need to take care of their health. Absolutely. And their consciousness. But uh, it was in 2000 and 2001. Uh, qu quite frankly, um, I, if I could just tell you a story, what led to the Hip Hop uh, Summit Action Network. Uh, it goes back to what Mark said earlier. Uh, we had all the black leaders in 1994 at the NAACP. And one of the things we found out, there were not enough young people at that meeting. So we began early in the 90s um, advocating a place for hip hop for young people, for artists, for creative genius at the table. And then, of course, we tragically lost Tupac. We tragically lost Biggie. And um, I know we are live stream, so I'm going to say this. Um, two weeks before Tupac was murdered, I was with him in the House of Blues uh, in Los Angeles, wow. up on the top floor. He was with Suge Knight. And, um, had to go through security to get to him because I was trying to extract my brother. Right. You know, because it was the handwriting was on the wall. You know, when you plant seeds of despair, plant seeds of not valuing the life of another person or another group or because of geography, or because I wear blue, I wear red, I wear some other kind of color, you know, that's a dangerous situation. And, and I think that... Um, if Tupac could be back today, he would be a strong advocate of uh, reading with a rapper because most people don't know he started out as an artist. Yep. He was an actor and then became a, a rapper. Uh, and I, what I was telling him, the reason I bring this up, I said, hey man, uh, your father's in prison. When's the last time you've been to go see him? And he said, man, I know you're right. And, and I said, we're having this hip hop summer with Russell Simmons. We need you to come because we need to end this so-called east-west conflict. It's not healthy. Um, so the reason why I bring this up is that we're a blessed people. But sometimes we allow others to um, go to the bank off of our blessings, right. cultural blessings, and we allow others to tamper and sometimes pit us against one another. So have you been successful with uh, reading with a rapper to get the rappers to to work together. Uh, you mentioned Bun B. He was one of the uh, also co-founders of the Hip Hop Summit. Did not uh, know Yeah, that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he's wild. been on, yeah. And, and I, you know, again, I, I can call out a whole list of rap, male and female. Yeah. MC Light was one of the first co-hosts of the Hip Hop Summit. So I've been involved with hip hop from the very beginning. And because a lot of my colleagues in the civil rights movement, they were kind of player haters. You know, and, and, Not and player haters, man. And people become <laughs> player haters because they don't understand. Right. I mean, I got some player haters in the, in the publishing community. Ooh. I mean, to be very honest, I mean, let's just be honest about it. But the thing is, we need to love and respect one another. We all have different gifts, different talents. You know, working together. So, in reading with a rapper, have you been able to build those bridges? So the rappers don't see it as some competitive thing, but a collective working together for the greater good of the uplift of our communities. Um, I don't make it about them at all. And 
even with the programming itself, it's not even about us. It's simply about the kids. Are the kids learning how to read and write? That's the only focus that we talk about to the artists. And often a lot of the artists really want to go back and help. There's just never been an option for them to go do it. The industry, the record industry is not giving them, that's not sellable, right? It doesn't make money to go help the community. They're making more money by turning it down. So I have to go, we have to figure out how, to can, how can we go around them to get directly to who we want to talk to. So once we figured out through two chains in Atlanta, I say, man, let's go back to your old elementary school. So imagine going back to your school teaching kids how to read and write through your own music when a teacher probably told you when you were in school that you wouldn't amount to anything. So they can actually come back and they can say like, man, you are actually somebody. Um, and we give them identity, we give them control over what they're saying too because often sometimes when artists are coming out through articles, it's a different POV and it's not from their mouth. So I wanna give them a chance to say, what did you mean when you actually said this lick versus what I thought you meant? Right? Because often sometimes we kind of assume they're talking about one thing, but really they may be talking about a whole completely other thing because the comprehension is low, so you don't really know. And then when we tell them the stat of 85% of the kids that's in the juvenile system are functionally illiterate, they can't read and write at a certain level. Say that again. 85% of the kids that's in the juvenile system are functionally illiterate. So their comprehension level is so low, they can't make good decision-making skills. That's why they're going to the left and not to the right, because they just simply can't read. So once we figured that out, I approached Meek Mill, and I told the team, like, hey, man, he's getting out of prison. We're going to get Meek Mill. This is when we first started the community. was like, this is impossible. This is impossible. When we sat down and talked to him, I said, hey, what if I told you you can teach kids how to read and write and stay out of prison through your music? He's like, sign me up. He didn't want any money. He stayed an extra day on his tour. We had Microsoft and Puma involved. We gave all the kids computers. We had the DA there. The mayor opened up City Hall on a Sunday to do this. We have uh, Obama's redirect juvenile program for My Brother's Keeper. All the boys were on probation. And we showed the DA, the mayor, and a, a hundred other people that we invited that this is how you actually fix an issue versus putting a Band-Aid on something. You know, because we want to have real sustainable long-term change. Defining the narrative, controlling the narrative, yep. um, giving life to the narrative. Uh, mainstream media is not going to cover this. Nope. You know, mainstream media covers our tragedies. And of course, we have to also, we, we can't ignore all of the devastating things that happen to right. us, but there's something missing. And that's where the black press But I think they're preventable in. too, though. Go ahead, talk to me. I, we're not really interested in like trying to get the mainstream media to put eyes on us. We're more interested in creating our own media and being our own system for the next generation. And if they want to come and be a part of that, they can because there we own go. the culture. There you go. So it Good was really point. important for us to be like, do you want to be a part of what we're growing? If not, that's fine because over time we're going to, you know, win for that. And I asked my, my grandpa during the civil rights, he was in the civil rights movement. I asked him like, yo, what did we do wrong? I don't want to know what we did, right? Because they tell us the same story over and over and over and over. They show us the same three people over and over and over, but they're telling us progression. Right, so he's like, we didn't have a long-term plan, but I understand because we didn't have time to do that because we're sacrificing and surviving every day. So Doug and I, we took all of our 20s to sacrifice and said, you know what, it doesn't matter about us going out, having friends or losing whatever case may be. What are we doing to set ourselves up for long-term success as a community for black people, but also black and brown people or people of color across the world. So for us, now we have our own multimedia. We have our own music label. We have our own curriculum. We have our own teachers. We have our own video team. We have what we, have what we need by ourselves. So we are real FUBU in, the, in real life. 
You know what I mean? So it was just big for us to say, you know what, if you're not going to help us, it's cool. We'll help ourselves because we have all the gifts, talent embodying in us. Man, that's a great story. You know, and nothing prevents us from replicating uh, what you are learning, mm -hmm. what you have learned already, and what you will learn. I think it's such positive uh, things that we need to uh, not only support, but also to amplify. Yes, sir. You know, I'm, I'm, I want to amplify the good. You know, I don't want to amplify the negative. And, and I think that um, reading with a rapper is uh, on time. And certainly we want to do anything that we can to help. Uh, I do also want to just ask you a question about, um, you, you, you're, you're from Houston. Yes, sir. And um, coming out of the H-Town, um, as you move around the country, are, are you seeing an openness uh, to your approach of literacy in other major cities? Uh, what's the plan to expand? So when we first started reading a rapper in Houston, we kind of did a tour just to show people what it looked like for free. So we did one for the council members and the mayor at City Hall. We did some for principals and students so they could just understand what it was. But coming into the city with, I guess, like the unofficial mayors of hip hop. So Bun is our ambassador for Houston, right? So when we think about Atlanta, you might think about a Killer Mike or a Big Boy. So when we go into these different cities, we understand the, the, the street politics of everything too. So we're tapping into the people that actually already have a real grasp of the community that they, are, they, they, they respect. Right. So, of course, when we have that artist a part of what we're doing, they just naturally respect the program in itself because of the association of who we have. So we're very selective of who we have because it's not about, it's not about how famous you really are. It's about how much do you actually care about what you're talking about now. So, look, I'm, I'm going to flip this. Okay. I'm going to let you ask the questions. Okay. I'm the OG. You're okay. the young G. Yes, sir. What, 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 what are some things know? that you think, from a youth standpoint, we can do to help sustain what you guys have created? I believe that uh, three things. One, uh, I want your generation to know that my generation, we love you. Yes, sir. We respect you. And... We want to also give you that freedom. I believe we should learn from our history, not necessarily repeat our history. We don't have to go back and repeat the past. We're, this year, this August, is the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington. And I'm getting texts and emails already. People want to commemorate. That's great. But if Dr. King will come back from, from 1963 to 2023, 60 years, I don't think he would make the same speech. Hmm. I, think, I think it would be about the challenges to his dream. Because what he said in 63 in August wasn't just for black people. It was, for, it was an American dream for all people. And if we look at how the, the, the landscape is changing today, Supreme Court ruling that affirmative action is unconstitutional. Um, we still have these uh, police departments uh, who racial profile, who shoot first and ask questions later. So we still have a long ways to go, but I, I think that um, the last point uh, in response to your question is that we need to exhibit engagement that's intergenerational. Mm. It's one thing for young people to go off and have a conference as young people. 
It's another thing for the elders to go off and have a conference as elders. But what are we doing together? We got to do something together. You know, I want, I want, I want to fight for freedom with my younger brothers and sisters. Now, if we do something together, come on with it. Here's this other part I need to. I just have to ask. Go ahead, man. I'm generalizing this. Often, sometimes when young people are coming to the older seasoned crowd. The thing that you're passing down sometimes is not the thing that's going to accelerate us. It's trauma. I got you. Why are y'all passing trauma that's right. to us when we didn't even ask for that? You know, we're trying to come actually add on to what you're doing, but because of maybe what happened to you when you were our age, you never forgot that part, and that stays on you. So when somebody young comes, you think it's competition. I'm not your competitor. I'm so, your accelerant to help you stay there and to keep going. So why do you think that there's a such disconnect between or the friction between us. Um, yeah, that. some of it is communication. Um, when the teacher, Sister Grant, was going over the uh, uh, elements of how to communicate, I, I thought that the way that videotape ended, but that little eight-year-old sister said, I want to be a writer. You know, I was thinking about how, well, our responsibility is to make sure she, that she not only has a place to write, uh, uh, but a place that will help her excel in her writing. Uh, James Baldwin was a close friend of mine, and he. James Baldwin is your close friend. Wow. Well, okay. <laughs> well, again. Now, the, the, the thing is, what people don't understand, and your generation may appreciate, the movement wasn't as big as you may think. Everybody kind of knew everybody. You know, when we have a meeting, the huddle in L.A. or New York or. Houston or Chicago or Detroit or St. Louis, anyone, or, or Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, or in the Carolinas. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Uh, the room would not be full of people. And um, so how do you pass, you know, it's like I, I ran track, uh, relay. That baton. And, and, yeah, it's, not, it's just not only passing the baton, but it's, it's the meaning of the baton, you know. And, and sometimes I think, there may be a mispass. We may, we may drop the baton before we adequately pass it off. Or uh, something about having a, a plan uh, to regenerate. Uh, all of us should have a succession plan. Now, unfortunately, a lot of OGs take the stuff to the grave with them, right. never share it. So I'm trying to spend my last years making sure I spend time with people like you uh, uh, just sharing because I don't want to give you the trauma. I want to give you the joy of overcoming the trauma. You see what I'm saying? There's a certain joy, you know, that our movement needs to always exhibit. At the end of the day, what's our joy? Not just our pain. You know, it's how to overcome that pain. You know, I, I remember when I was in Tampa when T-Pain first started, and I was teasing him about his, line, his uh, name, T-Pain. I said, man, I want you to turn T-Pain into T-Joy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, because a lot of times if we focus only on what hurts us, we stay hurt. Hurt should never be. Come on, preacher. The period on our sense. It can be a comma, it can be a semicolon, but it can't be a period. When I see what you're doing with reading with a rapper, Gives me joy, brother. It makes us know that all of what we fought for all those years in the past was not in vain. Wow. 
was not in vain. I don't know what to say to that. Thank you, man. I mean, it, I, when I came to the um, conference in Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, yes. my mind was just blown because I'm like, this is a true, real resource. I'm like, this is the black press. It didn't, it didn't really click to me. I'm like, wait, they control media in America and they're looking for somebody or looking for a group of people to kind of keep this going instead of us saying like, oh, they don't care about us. They really do, but I think sometimes the youth has to also say, you know what? We need to do a better job of just asking the right questions, being patient, right. yes. listening and gathering the right information from you so we can take it on exactly. and not being so, thinking we know everything because we don't. And I guess it leads me to my question or even the audience, do you believe in time travel? Oh, absolutely. Okay, what is yes. your concept on time travel? I have a concept, I just want to know what is well, your Well, listen, um, first of all, the whole concept of time, I hope you know that it's an African concept. Absolutely. It's not a European concept. You know, Europeans are pointillia. That means, and I'm not trying to cast anything on Europeans, but that's part of their culture. They were, they're interested in what's happening at a certain point. Right. From an African perspective, we see what's happening over a period of time. Hmm. Time is not linear. Time is... 360. Time is expansive. And so that's why we are expanding. And that's why the black press is still alive today. Absolutely. You know, because we have to take sometimes limited resources, but having that zeal, having that drive, having that fortitude, uh, having that, yes, responsibility to the community. When we say we're the trusted voice of the black community, Trust is something that's earned. It's not, you can't buy trust. You, you can't really sell trust. Yep. You can relate to it. And that's why it's such valuable, invaluable, uh, for the future of the black press, is to continue to be the trusted voice of the black community. Okay, but still, do you believe in time travel? Yo, well, tell, me, tell me what's your definition of time okay, travel. Okay, so this is how I think about time travel. When I speak to someone at your nature, right? I'm literally getting information from the past I could never get because you already lived a certain time period. Now, if I go talk to that kid, or I know you guys have might have grandkids, nieces and nephews, and you maybe ask them a question, you be like, man, I never thought about that because their mind is so to the other place. You're literally talking to the future in real time. Mm -hmm. And so for us, we're in the present of where we can create from the left and the right. So I see like the youth as this medium of like, we're the hybrids of like, okay, I have a certain time period right now. Let me gather information from you, but also let me gather information from the youth to where I, we can create a reading with a rapper. That's why it's so different and so innovative because all we did was just simply ask us, what do we need to be successful? You know, one of the things that we're all focusing on in our community is STEM, science, mm -hmm. technology, mm -hmm. engineering, and mathematics. Something from the science world, something called catalyst. Catalyst. Rapping and reading with a rapper, that's a catalyst. You're, you're taking what is, but you're accelerating it forward because you're giving uh, what is opportunities that would not be there if it weren't for you. And that's why I think we should all invest in uh, reading with a rapper. I love that way. word, invest. You know, love it. Yeah, well, that, hey, that's, you know, <laughs> listen, all good ideas have to have good financial, sure. a whole lot of great ideas, but not, they don't take off because they have financial undergirding, financial investment. And all the publishers will tell you, they're business people. Right. They gotta keep a business going, gotta keep a business alive. And so we have to find a way how to generate revenue that supports 
the great ideas that we have, the great programs and opportunities. But if you got to have that revenue. Yep. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. I see Mark. We over time? Oh, okay. Okay, okay. we wrapped up. Thank you. Can I just say one last thank you to you? So yesterday, um, we were at the museum for the reception kickoff. Yes. And our entire family and our team from Reading Rapid, we were just so blown away because of all the history that we were seeing in there. And I just thought it was so crazy where at a certain point in time, it was literally against the law for us to read and write. HBCU, especially Preview, sits on the biggest slave plantation in Texas, the Kirby Plantation, and how we use music to kind of like give information oh, and absolutely. talk. And I feel like we're at this very same point again now where they're trying to take certain things away from critical race theory and try to take that same power away from us. And now we're fighting the same thing, but in a more innovative way. So one, thank you and thank the entire organization for allowing us to even be here to see this and witness this, to even meet y'all because it's so important. And we want to be a part of the change. And we just really appreciate you and the entire organization um, for this opportunity because this is going to be the start of something for the next 20, 30, 50 years. Well, we thank you. It's mutual, brother. Absolutely. All right. God bless. Jaron Small. Dr. Benjamin Chavis, what a fruitful conversation. And we know as an African people, the youth and elders must dialogue. Amen? Very good. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister or brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.